At One Huddle, we get employees ready to work, and a big part of that's making sure workers are purpose-driven and understand the vision that drives what they're doing. No one's better at helping inspire and coach workers into seeing the why behind the work better than today's guest. I've had the privilege of working with this next guest uh, as a partner, uh, as well as a friend. Today's guest is Alex Willis. Alex is the CEO of Leadership Surge, a company that helps emerging leaders take a holistic, strengths-based approach to leadership so they can meet today's workforce challenges head on. Before becoming CEO of Leadership Surge, Alex spent 15 years working with companies to improve their leadership culture. He has nearly two decades of experience in financial services, pharma sales, and business development. Uh, by the way, he's also a former wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and graduate of uh, the Florida Gators. So please welcome our next guest, a pro football player turned pro leadership coach and entrepreneur, Alex Willis. So talk to me, Alex, what's it like leading a, a business and a brand like yours that works with so many organizations and groups and leaders during, during a global pandemic? What's that like? Well, well, Sam, I tell you, man, um, just being a former athlete, uh, for me, it's exciting, right? It's exciting because the one thing that it comes down to is all about perspective. And great leaders rise because of challenging times, right? The bigger the challenge, the bigger the platform for somebody to step up and say, hey, man, this is a great time to be a leader right now, right? And so for me, I've always looked at it like that. And so when a lot of these different companies began to panic, it's like, hey, wait a minute. No, this is where true leadership stands up. And so for one, it gives me an opportunity to encourage and motivate leaders uh, at the senior level, because as you know, man, it's tough at the top. And a lot of times you're isolated by yourself, right? So uh, one thing that came out of this was having a safe spot for leaders to really be able to vent, to be able to get encouragement, to build themselves back up, right? Because the pandemic does rattle us. Uh, secondly, it allowed me to see a lot of commonalities that a lot of businesses are struggling with, Sam. Uh, one of those big things being communication, uh, being able to communicate because businesses are large, because they have multi-layers. Uh, we, we do a poor job of communicating our vision, our message, our values, what we expect, count accountability to each other. And now when you have this global pandemic now and people can't interact, I can't see you on a daily basis, uh, I, I don't know what you're doing, how you're doing it. It can really begin to rock the boat. And so uh, one, on one side, it was very encouraging to be able to lift leaders up. On the other side, it was almost like bringing a flashlight into a lot of these companies saying how we need to communicate and have better ways of communicating that via technology, ways to reach people, ways, ways to check balances, check, you know, have checks and balances to make sure we're successful. Where do you think that communication breakdown happens? Because, you know, and I, and I, one of the things I've noticed is I've watched just being a part of a bunch of different teams like you have. And I think that leaders have an outcome in mind, but how you get people to understand the steps to get there is always a, always a challenge. So I guess where does the communication breakdown happen? Well, I, I tell you, Sam, what I'm learning more and more with myself even is uh, the importance of being simplistic and really just really being very clear in what I expect and what I want, right? So, so the problem is like you're saying, most of us as leaders, we're visionary, we have this grand vision in our head. 
And now it's our job to, uh, we live in the future. Guys like you and I saying, we live there, man. So we, to us, man, we're there. Like, man, dude, what you talking about? This is a billion dollar company. Don't, don't you guys see it? You know, and so we're living there so much. And then the challenge is we have to now pack up our stuff, come back to the present, and now lead our men and women to tell them how to get to what we're already really mentally living into. And so the problem is sometimes we do a poor job of explaining it because we're so close to the vision, Sam. Um, I do this exercise with a lot of companies, which senior leaders, you know, they chuckle at it, but it shows how poor we are at communicating. And that exercise, man, is uh, it's just a shape of it's, it's seven dominoes and it's some kind of weird shape. And their job is to describe what they see on screen to their staff. Now, the staff doesn't know if it's dominoes. They don't know what it is. They're just trying to describe it. Man, it's eye-opening for them. No one has ever gotten the picture right. And it's simple dominoes that you can see that you're trying to describe to someone who can't see it. And so we share with them saying, listen, that if, if you can't describe simple dominoes, imagine how difficult it is for you to describe the vision and what you're trying to go after. And so we have to really do a couple things that we see work really well. Number one, be simplistic in that, right? And check for understanding quite frequently. And then do what we like to call the hero making model, which is a five-step process that we're learning to implement internally as well as challenging other people. Uh, and that model is number one, Sam, first, hey, I'm gonna do it. You're gonna watch, we're gonna talk about it, right? So as much as possible, if I can do that, if I can show what I'm trying to get here, you watch, you, then we talk about it. Step two, I'm gonna do it, you're gonna help me do it. And then we're gonna talk, right? And then step three, you're gonna do it. Now I'm gonna help. And then we're gonna come back and talk again, right? Step four, you're gonna do it. I'm gonna watch you do it. And then we'll talk about it, right? And then step five, the way we kind of get that vision from top to bottom, Sam, is hey, you're gonna do it. You're gonna bring somebody else in to watch you. Then y'all are gonna talk about it, right? So now if we can implement this model over and over and over again, as the leader, I've shown them what I expect. I've shown them what it looks like. And then everybody's kind of mimicking this model all throughout the organization as we kind of go through that. And this could take place over a week, a day, six months, a year, three years, just depending on what the process is, we can really begin to show them that. So I think the problem is we're oftentimes so quick to just jump into action, Sam, that we don't take time to make sure we've really done a great job of explaining it well, man. What should be a leadership strategy today to try to get workers, different generations, to be most productive every day? Well, Sam, I think this is where great coaches come to come to play, man. Right. So, so here's the one thing that um, my coaches never did well, right? In our in my era of playing, my coaches never they, they were never able to adjust really well, right? Um, for for example. On, on every team I've ever played for, Sam, we came in the following year knowing exactly what offense and what defense we were going to run, right? But, but great coaches now today, just from a sports angle, Sam, they say, wait a minute, yeah, maybe I want to run the spread. But, man, listen, if I don't have the pieces to run that, I can't just stick with that. Maybe we have five, six great wide receivers. And hey, dude, we have to just throw the ball up and down the field because this is what we need to do in order to be successful. So I say that sports analogy to say, as a leader, my job is to say, who do I have on my team? 
What do they need? Somebody needs a kick in the ass. So, so some people don't move without you chewing their ass out. No other way to do it, Sam. To them, to, for them, that's saying, yeah, man, this coach loves me, right? Or for some people, it, it has to be that put your arm around their back, right? Put your arm on their shoulder. Say, hey, listen, here's what we need you to do. Calm down. You're okay. You're in the game. And so I think what we've done poorly, in my opinion, this is Alex included, is I've tried to get people to adjust to me. Right, Sam, as a leader versus saying, wait a minute, it's 300,000 of them. <laughs> it's much easier for me to adjust to them, right? And say, who am I dealing with on an individual basis versus making everyone kind of come to my way? And so great leadership, I think we've kind of, we have to redefine it. Just understand that it's not me sitting at the top being king or queen at the top, just on, a, on, a, on, 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 on the throne, making everyone bow down to me. It's saying, okay, wait a minute. How do I serve my people really, really well? And in the process of doing that, you get two things that happen, Sam. Number one, they understand the vision. They buy into it. Number two, they realize that you care about them, right? And when they begin to do that and you get the head and the heart, the hands automatically come, man. It's easy. Being a great leader is hard. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. a lot of thinking. You know, I'd love to know just from you, why do you do what you do with your organization that makes it, I feel like so central to your work is producing better leaders and paying it forward in a lot of ways under the cover. Like, why do you do what you do? Well, I tell you, Sam, um, because to me, leadership is the highest calling. And I tell the people that I work with that, right? Uh, we go nowhere as a country. We go nowhere as individuals. We go nowhere as families without somebody stepping up saying, put it on my back. I'm the leader, right? Uh, I'm going to lead this team, lead this family, lead this organization. And so uh, we need people who are willing to put that on their back because ultimately we lead people to success, right? As well as we help people blossom into who I believe God has created them to be. It takes a leader to look into someone like, like you and I, Sam. We had coaches who looked into us as young athletes and said, listen, yeah, maybe he's not as fast as he can be. Maybe he's not as big. Maybe he's not as strong. But man, I see something in this kid. And I'm going to pull it out, right? And so, therefore, I'm trying to get as many people to do that, Sam, and to be what we call hero makers, right? A true leader isn't necessarily someone who puts a cape around their back. A true leader is someone who says, let me take this cape off and let me put cape, a cape on as many people as I can to make them heroes and to give them a challenge to go make other heroes, right? And so, therefore, my job is to really make heroes, show them the power that they have, and ultimately give them an excitement to go make other heroes so that we can pull the greatness out of people and have a great society, a great uh, government, uh, great families. And that's where I think the ball is dropping, Sam, honestly, because people are shying away from leadership because of what we made it out to be and how difficult we, 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 we discussed it. And we haven't really done a great job of saying the power and the benefit of being a leader and, and what you get as a result of doing that. And so that's my, my ultimate calling and why I go after it so hard, man. You know, on your point on, on community, the, I think it's never been a more important and a equally tough time to be a leader, you know, throw a global pandemic over the top of it, social justice issues starting to boil over. What do you say to folks out there that are trying to uh, be a leader and be aware of diversity and, equity and different experiences what needs to happen well well sam it's a challenge and i tell people this number one it's it's a it's a marathon not a sprint 
right? It's, a mar- it's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. You have to be ready for the long haul in this. And number two, you have to go far beyond race and gender, right? So, so we've limited diversity to gender and race, and we, we really, in my opinion, cheapen it, right, by doing that. So as what, what, what we like to do, Sam, when we talk about this, we like to take the five approach, uh, the five dimensional approach to diversity, right? And so number one, the most diverse thing about each and every one of us that we overlook a lot of times is our personality. Right, Sam, listen, you have a way that you communicate, you have a way that you lead, you have a way that you like to uh, be led, how you talk, how you operate, be it fast paced, slow paced, high energy, low energy. Sam, when you think about that, it's 8 billion different diverse ways in which we think, operate, and the combinations are endless. And so therefore, we overlook that. And so that's really the core, number one thing that I attack, saying, listen, understand this first. If we can understand this, we can begin to put all the other layers, right? And so that's the number one layer. From there, Sam, we go to the next layer, which we like to call the internal, right? And so the internal, this is what I like to say. This is what people can see, Sam, and they judge us on. This is my skin color, my gender, you know, uh, my age, those kinds of things there. Another levels of diversity, but truth be told, that's just added on top of this personality. So this personality is really who I am in black, white, uh, Hispanic, Asian, old, young, this personality is going to be who I am, right? At my core, it's going to rock you one way or another. You're just going to add this other layer on here of skin color, gender, age, and all these other things that may, you know, d- dictate how I operate. And then Sam, another layer that we add onto that is what we like to call the external. And Sam, the external is things that I can change, but people still judge me on. And this is things like uh, where I grew up. Sam, you're in New York. I grew up in the South, right, Sam? So you know what? That's different, Sam. You grew up in the South, Sam. You know how it is. It's different. Southern versus yeah. Northern, man. That's a whole other level of There's diversity. No, no good barbecue up here. <laughs> or sweet tea, man. Or sweet tea, you know? So, <laughs> so, so, so that's another level. And so when you look at my external, uh, this is my, my views, my political beliefs, my religious beliefs, my geographical location, you know, those kinds of things bring another level of diversity to them, right? And those are things that we overlook that we don't think about. And then, Sam, when you take it one more notch up, organizational dimension. So now, Sam, depending on if I am the janitor at an organization or if I'm the CEO, Sam, that's a whole nother level of diversity in how I'm treated, how people look at me, how they operate. Regardless of my skin color, I can we can have two white females. If one is the janitor, and one is the CEO, they're going to get treated totally different, right? Same skin color, same eye color, same hair color, doesn't matter. And so that's another level that we overlook. And so at that organizational level, my position, how long I've been there, what department I'm in, my geographical location, does my uh, part of the company bring in more money than the other? That's a whole nother level of things we got to think about that we tend to not think about. And then the ultimate layer that we throw in there, Sam, which we hit on a little bit is the era. The era in which we live brings another whole level of diversity to us. So think about the great generation who went through the Great Depression, went through world wars, their mentality and how they look at life, how they operate, Sam, is totally different than my 11 and 7-year-old man who will lose their mind if Wi-Fi is all for five minutes, right? So the level of diversity there is totally different. And so now when you bring all of these things together, it brings some challenges that we often don't address. We only look at one or two things and not all of these things together. And so 
I challenge leaders to, number one, look at all of them together, but look at them from a perspective of saying, let me start with the personality first. Let me start with that first, because the, anytime you start with race, it's always going to be a great divide, right? Uh, and so let's get people on the same page. The challenge is leaders are tackling this thing from a different standpoint versus similarity standpoint. Sam, there's a cool project, man, called the Human Genome Project, right? The Human Genome Project, 13-year study. Uh, they studied the DNA of people all over the world, brother. And here's what they found after 13 years. There is no such thing as race. There's one race, and that's the human race, and we are 99.99% alike, right, Sam? And so that 0.1% difference is the things that make your skin different than mine, your eyes different than mine, your hair texture, my lack thereof different, right? And so what we tend to do is we focus on that 0.1%, which creates the divide versus saying, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, we have all of those differences, but let's look at the similarities and what we have in common. And let's build on these commonalities first. And then as we build on these commonalities, we get to know each other better. And then we can now begin to have respect for each other as we talk about our differences. Saying, hey, listen, my perspective may be a little different. Yeah, Sam, because you and I over the years, man, have built a great relationship, we can have great, hard, honest conversations and still respect each other well. Because you know me and I know you, and you know I'm not trying to, to hurt you in any way and you're not trying to harm me in any way. But if we only start at the differences, there's never a trust built. There's no foundation to have hard conversations. And therefore, we can't have those challenging conversations because we've never created this bond in first. Your company, you know, and I'm not, it's a shameless plug, right? Your company has made it easier to do some of that stuff, right? Because the challenge with leadership is this. Uh, we have limited hours in a day. As much as we may want to add something, you only got so many hours. And so I can only repeat things so many times, right? You need to be able to use technology and software that can repeat that message over and over again to be able to hear it, right? As well as to be able to check totally. it and say, did you get it? Did you understand it, right? So that's where you bring in the personality, the style of the leader, the one-on-one the, the -on -one communication. You pair that with other things like your product, like your, your, like, like, like your company to be able to mesh these things together to ultimately get wide coverage, frequency going over and over and over again, checks and balances with accountability and ultimately make you be successful with using that brother. Love it. Alex, thanks for spending time with us, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you, brother. It was awesome, man. You have a good one. Keep up the good work, man. There's this myth that some people are born leaders and that's just not true. Every single person has the potential to be a great leader. Like Alex said, leadership is simple. It's not about being the most talented person in the room. It's about knowing how to master your talent, how to harness what you already have. Alex talked about leadership being all about perspective. I think that's really important for all of us right now. This pandemic's brought up a whole new set of challenges for every leader and every worker to deal with. But like we talked about, great leaders rise because of challenging times. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the platform for somebody to step up. Thank you for joining us, Alex. It was great having you on the pod. Don't forget to subscribe to Bring It In so you never miss an episode. We'll have a new episode for you next week, so stay tuned. Now, back to work.